an incision is made in the earth. Beneath the Nothavagus trees, someone kneels, hands busy in the soil. The leaves above are swaying, the ground below alive. The person extracts her prize from the earth, a small mesh bag containing a glimpse at the underworld ruled by fungi. She fills the small hole back in and heads back to her vehicle. The stop is ticked off in her notebook. One location down, 80 more to go. The road trip continues with Laura Van Galen. So I did a big survey of ectomycorrhizal fungi in soil across the South Island. So I did a big road trip and set up sites in 81 different forest locations, um, as many locations as were accessible by road. And I buried hyphal ingrowth bags to sample the fungi. And they're little bags made of mesh and they're filled with, with sand, sterilised sand. And you bury them inside the ground and um, fungi hyphae will then grow through those bags as they're growing naturally through the soil. So then the idea is you can come back a number of months later, extract those bags again and you've got a little packet of fungal hyphae that you can look at. Mycorrhizal fungi spreads like veins throughout the underland. The fungi connects to the roots of the trees, holding hands in partnership. This bondage benefits both the fungi and the tree. The fungi provides the tree with nutrients that it can't get on its own, while the fungi gets carbon and carbohydrates in return. As the fungi expanded through the soil looking for new tree roots, it grew into Laura's buried bags. So, when she extracted them, she had a sample of the hidden lifeline of the forest. Hundreds, well tens to hundreds of different fungal species live in the ground, in, in the soil, and they're all living together and interacting with each other, interacting with the trees that they're connected to. And so my research has been about understanding why different species assemble in a spot, how the communities are structured, and why they're structured in different ways. The only genus of tree that Laura sowed her experiment with was the Nothavagus, a type of southern beech tree only found in the southern hemisphere. Within the genus of Nothavagus, there are a few different species, and what Laura found was that particular species of tree would be partnered with particular communities of fungi. Some of the things that I've discovered is that the different beech species in New Zealand, the different Nothavagus species, um, do host different fungal communities. There are some very generalist fungal species that are, uh, operate everywhere, but then um, there are some specialists too that tend to prefer, prefer certain host species. And there's some really interesting patterns when I looked at the evolutionary relationships between the fungi and compared that to the evolutionary relationships between the hosts. So host trees that are more, more closely related also connect with fungal species that are more closely related. So the Nothavagus trees can't grow to maturity and live without forming the fungal connections. And the fungi can't live on their own without connect, being connected to a host. So whether or not one causes the other is kind of a, it's impossible to know really. And I think it's a bit of both. Because the tree and the fungi are so closely intertwined, it raises questions about how this came to be. 
Perhaps the fungi and the trees evolved together, helping each other grow throughout the millennia to a point at which they can no longer live apart. While this is a possibility, the true origin of this exclusive mutualism is shrouded in mystery. The other part of the research I did was looking at the environmental variables and how they affect the fungal distributions and discovered that the soil properties have a huge effect on fungi. So a lot of fungi are quite specialised to different soil pHs or um, the like carbon to nitrogen ratio in the soil. Um, but also things like the precipitation, the rainfall and various temperature variables also affect what fungi can grow where. And so what I'm really interested in knowing is how does that change in community structure then translate into changes in the ecosystem functioning. So if for example the temperature rises and that leads to a change in the fungal fungal species that are growing at a, or, or are living at a site, how then will that affect the carbon cycling at that site or the nutrient availability to trees and so then how then will that affect the vegetation structure. So I was able to find a lot of correlations between environmental variables and fungal species. The fungi and the trees are woven into each other's existence. But, like all life, they are still at the mercy of nature. Environmental factors determine what species can live where. If the conditions change, then the trees and the fungi must adapt, or they can migrate to more preferable conditions. This may see some species of fungi left behind, heartbroken and alone. The fact that they both need each other means that both, both groups of organisms might be more vulnerable to climate change because a lot of climate predictions um, show that tree species are going to need to migrate and move to be able to adapt to the changing conditions. But if they need those fungal partners, then those fungal partners have to migrate and move with them. And so it's sort of two things have to move, which is a lot more difficult. And so for some fungal species, they really quite require quite specific conditions with, with just one or, or, or a, a small number of host trees. And so it is possible that those fungal species might be lost if tree distributions change and they get left behind and no longer have the right, the right tree to associate with. Laura is an explorer of the Underland, finding the secrets that we didn't even know were being kept. She is not walking a path of discovery, for the path does not exist. Instead, Laura is building it herself. This has been the first time that we've been able to look inside the soil at what's going on at, at this sort of scale. And actually, this type of fungi is very understudied in the Southern Hemisphere in general. And so, as far as I can tell, it's, it's probably the biggest or the first regional survey that we've, we've got of Ectomycorrhiza fungi in the Southern Hemisphere. So it's kind of, it's, it's given us a lot of data to play with and to just to start exploring patterns of the diversity of species we have and the distributions, where they grow and how common they are. The, the problem we have is that when you sequence DNA, you've just got a strand of, of base letters. And so to actually put a species name to that, you have to match that to something we have in the reference database. But there are so many things that aren't in the reference database that therefore we can't match to. And so 
a lot of the sequenced data that I got out of it is just unknown and I can't really do anything with because it's also just something unique but we don't know anything about it. <laughs> In this unexplored region of Underland, Laura is coming across fungi that nobody has even researched before. So when she goes to investigate some of her data, there is no entry for the fungi that she has found. A bit like walking to a place that doesn't even exist on a map. There's so much undiscovered stuff that we're only just sort of coming across now and starting to understand. So it's a really exciting area of research to be looking at. Fungi are annihilators of human concept. They operate outside many of the systems we have observed outside of their world. They are among the largest and the oldest of Earth's children, yet completely obliterate our default views of evolution and time. Their world has been kept from us for thousands of years, as we only now have the curiosity and the capability to enter their world. But as it turns out, their world is our world. One of the main things to know about fungi is that the diversity in the soil is so huge compared to the diversity of vascular plants above the ground. And often we just don't think about the soil community when we're in a forest. We don't think at all about what's going underground when actually it's controlling a lot of what's going on above ground. And so researching and learning more about the soil and what's happening in the soil is really important for understanding how ecosystems operate. <laughs>